Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We're in the middle of an amazing series, God's Mission, My Mission, Your Mission, too, as we join God in what He's doing, sharing His immeasurable and unfailing love with the world. Today, Mission to the Needy. You say, Derek, we're all needy, and you're right, but we may meet someone with special needs, and God will show us how to share his love with them. So it's going to be a great study. We're glad you're with us for Hope Sabbath School today. Welcome to the team. Good to see you again. You're looking great today. And take a look at each other for just a moment. We don't all look the same, right? We're, we represent the worldwide family of God, and we're glad that you're part of our team. We're also welcoming some of our remote team members. Let's see who we have with us today. Rodney, good to see you, Rodney. Joining us, glad you're here. Amy? Good to see you again. And Sabina, always good to have you on the team. We're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School team today, and we're glad you are too. In fact, I want to make a special appeal to you today. We love to hear from you. Some of you are teaching in-depth interactive classes in your community, maybe in your church, in a small group. Some of you are part of a Bible study group. You say, I'm part of Hope Sabbath School. We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. If you're not quite sure how to do that, well, maybe if you've got a son, daughter, or grandchild that can help you, or if you're young, sometimes we'll have young people say, my dad let me use his computer to send this note to you. Here are a few no notes coming in. Uh, one from Zimbabwe. Tambudzai writes and says, Greetings, Hope Sabbath School team. I think they do that just to get the wave, right, Kenneth? I hope I enjoy Hope Sabbath School. This has helped me better understand the Word of God. That's why we do it. Keep up the good work and be blessed. I am from Harare, Zimbabwe, and it is Mrs. Tambudzai, and we're glad that you're with us on our Hope Sabbath School family. Sherilyn writes from the Philippines. We have lots of Hope Sabbath School members in the Philippines. In fact, I think uh, for the 180,000 on our Facebook followers, the second largest number are from the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Sherilyn writes and says, I've been watching Hope Sabbath School for three to four years now. My husband introduced me to your show. Praise God. <laughs> He is, by the way, from America. Since then, we watch the show together weekly. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. You've inspired me to study and learn more about Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm just going to get excited. Thank you so much, Sherilyn, for writing. I almost memorized all the scripture songs. <laughs> all of them are a blessing to me and my family. By the way, every week I share the study link in YouTube to my family and friends. Nice. We've got a missionary there in the Philippines. Thank you so much, Sherilyn, for writing to us. She says, please include us in your prayers. Also, a group of people we've been studying the Bible with, Amen. that they would find Jesus Amen. too. Well, that's just so exciting. Again, we'd like to hear from you. Write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. Wasn't that encouraging to hear from Sherilyn? She's not only, well, I guess we should thank her husband yeah. for encouraging her yes. to watch Hope Sabbath School. Now they're having Bible studies. Here's a little handwritten note from a donor couple in Michigan. It's a little note, but it's an encouragement. 
Hello, Hope Sabbath School. Hello. <laughs> now, they know who they are after I read this note, by the way. Uh, we've been watching Hope Sabbath School for about three years. We enjoy the studies. They are easy to understand, and we enjoy the interaction between the team members. Keep up the good work you do for Hope Sabbath School. Enclosed is a donation, praying this will help spread the gospel over all the world with love and a donation of $1,000 to bless the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. Thank you, donor couple. You said that was my note. I know. You know we don't read names, but we do want to say thank you to you. We are a donor-supported ministry. Whether it's $10 or here $1,000, you can be part of a great miracle of God. All you have to do, go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the donut, the donate, not the donut button, but the donate button. And we all say praise God because you're helping to expand the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. One last note from Izaboke in Kenya. Izaboke writes and says, I watch Hope Sabbath School every week. Through Hope Sabbath School, I am now a teacher in my local church. <laughs> I want to thank you for helping me with an in-depth study of the Word of God. May God bless you abundantly. Well, these are the emails that bring us great encouragement because we recognize the Holy Spirit is taking a study of the Word and impacting lives around the world. And again, we'd love to hear from you. Write to us sshope at hopetv.org. Give us your testimony of how you're blessed as we're part of this in-depth interactive study together. But right now, we need you to sing with us. It's a 3,000-year-old scripture song. My wife gave it a new tune so that we could sing it together. It says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart, and I will tell, we're talking about mission. I will tell of all your marvelous works. Let's sing it together. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. You know, I was encouraged to hear of people who learned that song Maybe they're in Africa or in Asia, and they're walking along singing the scripture. Even the song is a witness, isn't it? Praise you, Lord, with my whole heart, and I will tell of all your marvelous works. Let's sing it together again. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name almost high. 
Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for each person joining us for Hope Sabbath School today. I pray that the Holy Spirit would bless not only our interaction here, but around the world. May the Spirit of God speak to us and through us that lives would be blessed forever. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, our topic today is Mission to the Needy. This whole theme has been God's mission and Our my mission. mission. Well, it's mine and I'm joining Him yeah. in what He's doing. Amen. I was thinking it should be God's mission, our mission. But, but if I say our, I say, well, you'll take care of it for me, right? <laughs> yep. but, but I need to accept that I'm part of that. And the topic today is one that, to be honest, I've struggled with at times when you see people with pieces of cardboard asking for something and you say, Lord, which ones are truly needy? Mm -hmm. And I think we'll discover that God wants us to have a mission to the needy, but we also need Holy Spirit wisdom Amen. to know who God wants us to help. Well, let's start our study in the Gospel of Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, and I'm going to ask Jeffrey if you'd begin our study. Uh, we will see in this narrative that Jeffrey's going to read several needy people. And uh, let's just look at the big picture and see how Jesus is on a mission to the needy. All right. I'm going to read from the New International Version. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. Then a the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority, even, he even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. Then even that evening after sunset, the people brought Jesus to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. That's one day, Travis, <laughs> in the ministry of Jesus. Who were some needy people that he was uh, on a mission to bless that day? Well, people with unclean spirits or demon-possessed people, and, uh, and that is somebody who's very needy. Mm -hmm. um, I was impressed, Derek, as I was reading this. It's, it's often we preach to people mm -hmm 
And uh, it's hard sometimes to get people who don't have demons to understand who Jesus is. But I was impressed, like, even the demons know who Jesus was and is. We know who you are, right? Holy One of God, okay? Isn't it interesting that one person is set free in the synagogue yep. and later they bring lots of other people? Who else do you see in the story that's needy? Nancy? Well, um, I wanted to say something that kind of caught me off guard, but I was impressed that Jesus, um, well, it says that they brought all who were sick, all. Imagine how many people and how long it would have taken to heal all of these people. And Jesus would, I think he would heal one person at a time. And so I think what he wanted to do was make that personal connection with mm -hmm. people. And so, um, I think that's what he wants us to do as well, is to make a personal connection with people. Okay. And he heals them. What do you think mm -hmm. about Simon's mother-in-law, Harold? It's just a fever. I mean, it's not like being possessed by a demon or maybe being blind or lame. There's nothing big or small. Jesus cares for everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the beauty about, like, God. Like, he cares for every little need, even stuff that we think that is, like, oh, I need like a pair of shoes. God even cares for those things. Mm -hmm. So don't think that we can ask God for anything. I see, Sabina, I see you smiling. You work in a ministry that, uh, that's involved in acts of kindness. Uh, you, you want to find who the needy people are. Uh, what stands out to you about this single day in the ministry of Jesus? Pastor Derek, beyond what has been shared, I think what stands out to me is that Jesus, he you know, he makes no difference as to this is a person that is close to his circle, which is the case of Peter's mother-in-law, or if it's someone that is unknown to him. So I, it really catches my eye, the diversity of the people that he will reach out with his ministry of healing, which is, is just very powerful. You know, we tend to be more compassionate towards those that we know already, but he had an eye for all who are sick, including those in his circle. So, thank you so much. I have a question, and Kenneth, I, are you, I think you're waving at me, right? So, hold that thought. Um, the demoniac, he's called, or the man who is controlled by a demon, who came to the synagogue, mm -hmm. here's a question. Rodney, maybe you could think about it, and we'll start some discussion. Do you think he came to disrupt the worship time where Jesus was speaking, or do you think in his heart, he wanted freedom and believed that Jesus could help him. What do you think? He was interested in being healed, um, spiritually and also physically. And so I believe that that was his interest, um, um, the demoniac, um, wanting to be released from, from the, the, the spiritual situation that he was in. Um, but may, may I just mention something very, very quickly, uh, uh, Derek? Um, with regards to uh, the earlier question that you asked, which was, you know, what's going on here with Jesus? What a day that Jesus had. It, it, it's, it's, he was um, healing people physically, was also healing them emotionally and spiritually. It's amazing how he's touching lives, as Sabina said, touching lives, whether he knew them or not. And at the same time, he was also teaching them. So you see a combination of him uh, reaching out to Jesus, to people personally and also teaching the Word. Kenneth, what do you think about this day? Um, for me, when, I, when you ask the question, who are the needy here? Mm. My first thought was the 
chapter 21, where he talks about Jesus teaching them in the synagogue. Oh, verse, th verse 21 yeah. so of Mark 1. So the people who mm -hmm. were listening to Jesus, they were also wow. needy. Thank you for pointing that out. Because it's a community. If you look at the mm. Jewish settings for the synagogue, it was a community. That's why the other verses says that, verse 23, that there was a man in the synagogue. Mm. who had on clean spirit. So I want to thank you for pointing that out, Kenneth, because the truth is, how many of us are needy? Oh. Everyone. We're all needy. We have different needs, don't we? Yeah. Well, we've got several hands still raised, and we're going to move on to John chapter, I think it's chapter 5, verses 1 to 9, but I'll take Travis and Zendili first. So I just wanted to comment <clears throat> on the demon-possessed man. Uh, you, when you had asked Rodney the question, why did he come there? And I was thinking about that, Derek, and God always uses Satan's weapons against him. That man could have very likely came there to disrupt and would have been just like Jesus. So the demon led him there to disrupt, yeah. perhaps. And it would have been just like Jesus to turn Satan's um, weapon mm -hmm. against him and defeat him. Uh, and that's just what Jesus does. And I just want to share with those of you joining us and with our team, even if you can't get the words out, Jesus hears your cry. Amen. Amen. Mm. He heard that man's cry. Zandeli? Uh, I wanted to add what Kennedy has said, that uh, this man is in the synagogue and he is demon-possessed. Could it be that we are also within the synagogue, we are within the, the church or close to God, but we have some issues that we are dealing with. Mm. And if we listen to God, if we acknowledge Jesus in our lives, He can set us free. Sure. And by the way, we ought not to panic if, if God leads someone under the control of an evil spirit to church, Amen. that's where freedom can happen Amen. because they'll learn about Jesus, right? Well, let's look at someone that was so needy, he didn't think there was any hope, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. It's in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. If you'd been sick for 38 years, and Jesus came, and you may have heard some stories about Jesus, and said, Do you want to be made well? What would the obvious answer be? <laughs> yes. yes. So how would you hmm, how would you describe the condition of this man, Jeffrey? He's been sick for 38 years. 
and uh, he doesn't even respond at least in words to the question of Jesus about wanting to be made well. Well, that's why illnesses, you know, affect not only the physical but the mental and the spiritual. So when Jesus came to, to talk with him, he was so in his own world and like there's no hope for me until Jesus actually gave him an opportunity, which mm -hmm. I think when he had that little that's all you need is a little bit <laughs> of trust and there's heal. For those of you on the back row, you didn't see Jeffrey smile when he said that because I want to say that's great encouragement, isn't it? Yes. That even when we're like, I'm so depressed, really? So depressed, I've been this way for 38 years, but Jesus sees our need. Isn't that beautiful? Hi, just do a quick scan now. Sabina, I'll take your hand and then do a quick scan just in two minutes or so a few other stories where Jesus had a mission to the needy. Sabina. Derek, um, what really catches my attention also about the response this man gave to Jesus is the fact that he acknowledges that he wants to get well. You know, in ministering to the needs of people as you were sharing in the ministry that I currently participate in, that I lead, um, it came to my attention already that it is very necessary that those that we are reaching out to, they also want to be part of a healing process. Mm. You know, sometimes um, being healed will imply that you're going to have to make changes in your life. You know, this man up to now, the only thing he knew was to sit by this uh, sheep gate. Maybe that's the way that he found his income was coming from. And now Jesus was giving him a new life, a new opportunity in, in, in giving him this healing. And he had to embrace that also. So I think it's a lesson for us who are needy and for all, all us who will serve the need that you can only really be helpful to the extent also that the needy is willing to be assisted in the real, true root needs also. Thank you for pointing that out. And actually, that's a really good point. There was, there was a desire because that I don't have anyone to help me. So it's not like I'm fine, I don't even want to be made well. But, but I still, if he was feeling, having a really good day, he would have said, absolutely, Jesus, I want to be made well. A couple of other stories. Uh, Amy, maybe you could think of one to get us started. Just short, where Jesus had a mission to the needy. Who comes to your mind? I think of the 10 lepers, mm. you know, people who are outcast of the society, who were even banned physically from the society, who Jesus had no problem helping and, and giving hope and giving courage and providing healing. Great, great example. Harold. Oh, in Luke chapter 13, verse 10, about the crippled woman who was bound like for years and- 18 years, yeah, I think. It? Yeah, I know it was more than a decade. Think of it. Yeah. Think of it, Jesus said. And she released her from... By the way, he also healed her on the Sabbath. On the, yes. Isn't the Sabbath a time for blessing yep. and a time for healing? Another one, Zandili. Uh, Luke chapter 17, 12 to 18, the widow who, just, uh, who had lost her son, mm. uh, when Jesus sees her... Luke 7, will. right, the widow of Nain's mm -hmm. son. That was a need. Mm -hmm. She'd already lost her husband. husband. She's a widow, and now she loses her, her son. Husband. So Jesus meets the needed. Well, one question. Oh, I see Rodney, your hand. Another example of meeting the needy. Another wonderful example is found in Matthew 14, verses 13 to 21, where we find the amazing and miraculous account 
of uh, people just following Jesus, even into the wilderness, uh, and, and he was healing them, their, their, il their illnesses, and they became hungry. There were 5,000 men, and the Bible says that he actually fed 5,000. Mm, so he met all of them. You know, I've heard people ask the question, but I think it's a trick question. Why did Jesus spend more time caring for the needy than preaching or teaching? I want to ask, is, is the meeting the needs of the needy also teaching? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it also preaching? And if so, what is being taught? What is being preached? Mm -hmm. Sabina? Absolutely. Like, absolutely. I see that every opportunity that Jesus brought his disciples into service and to meeting the needs of others was also an opportunity for them to grow and be discipled in, in, in their understanding. And one case that comes to mind, for instance, is in John 9, when Jesus, he, he heals a man that was born blind and gives sight to him. And this becomes a whole lesson to the Pharisees who are lacking to see their need of, of God. So it's, it's a long story. I wouldn't have time here to read, but um, it's for me very outstanding that God uses that one opportunity of healing someone also to teach a lesson to spiritual leaders who are lacking uh, sight of the true meaning of the Sabbath, of the true meaning of grace. Uh, and for me, that's outstanding that he would have these practical examples to teach truth as well. Mm, thank you. Amy, I'm going to ask you to read a passage from Luke chapter 5, verses 17, uh, let's see, probably down through about verse uh, 22 or so. We could read all the way down, but I'm wanting to save a little bit of time here. Luke chapter 5, 17, down through verse uh, 19, 17 to 19. And uh, let's, no, let, let's make it verse 20, Amy, because there's a key, key phrase in verse 20. And uh, what we're talking about now is not, whoa, Jesus had an amazing mission to the needy, but can we join Jesus in his mission mm -hmm. to the needy? Amy, Luke 5, 17 through 20. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was presented to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven. Mm. When he saw their faith. Mm -hmm. What's happening in this story? Stephanie? I see a joint effort of the friends helping and their faith is carrying the one that maybe his faith is weak. Now, Stephanie, uh, excuse me, uh, Sabina said we've got to have some willingness, right? So he could have sure. said, stop, I'm yes. jumping, I'm going to roll off the stretcher, right? But you're seeing he's allowing his friends yes. to bring him to Jesus. In whatever way that looked like. Whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Kailenda? I think it's a wonderful lesson that 
Today, we can also bring our friends and our acquaintances to Jesus through prayer. Yeah. So if someone needs physical healing, we can mention them to Jesus. If someone is struggling with sins, Jesus's first comment is that your sins are forgiven you. We can introduce mm. them to Jesus. And if someone has doubts like the Pharisees, and Jesus says, you know, let's reason together, we can also bring that to Jesus. At the end of the story, it says they were all amazed and glorified God. Um, who do you think was most amazed, the, the four friends or, or the man on the stretcher? What do you think? Travis? I think the people standing by. <laughs> I think they were most amazed because they were like, what's going on here? They didn't believe that. The, 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 the young men who brought him there, they believed what Jesus could do. So you would say they were a little less, they were happy though, weren't they? Yeah, they were I happy. mean, to see what God did for their friend. Uh, Amy? I really, really love this story because it demonstrates our role in helping other people. A lot of times when we face crisis in our life, it's not just a physical crisis, whether it's a health crisis or a financial crisis or something else, but it often leads to a faith crisis as well. It challenges them. Do I really believe that God can help me in this? Do I really believe that God can save me from this? And we have the privilege to stand in the gap, if it were, between them and God and to have faith for them, to, to speak truth, to speak promises, to help them claim the promises and experience whatever healing and blessing God is wanting to give them in their life right then. Powerful. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask Rodney to read another story in Matthew chapter 8, beginning with verse 5, Rodney. Here's, here's a different way. Kailinda said there's many ways we might bring our friend to Jesus. Uh, here's someone with a mission to the needy. Uh, let's pick up the story in Matthew 8 and verse 5. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, Matthew 8, verses 5 to 13. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into utter, outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. What an amazing story. Mm -hmm. uh, this Roman centurion, he's a Gentile, mm -hmm. right? How does he bring his servant to Jesus. 
Anybody? Just by asking Jesus. Just by coming, right? Mm -hmm. Today he might send a text message, or but there's something about coming, isn't there? Maybe that's uh, that's part of that engagement, isn't it? Mm -hmm. He comes, and he brings the need of his friend, Travis. Actually, it's his servant, but he's treating him more like a friend. There seems to be, since the beginning of our study, a consistent theme, and that is when we believe that Jesus has the authority to cast down the stairs of Satan, he will do that. Mm. And this man believed. Rodney? I found this story so fascinating, which, again, sometimes we read it and we think that it's a story in a book somewhere. It, it really happened. It's a real-life story. This man was a Roman centurion. Now, for, for those of us who, who know what a, who a Roman centurion is, he was, uh, he was a soldier that was responsible for uh, approximately 100 soldiers in, in, his, in, his, in, his, um, in his army. And what was interesting here, it wasn't, he didn't come to Jesus about his mother, about his father or son. It was his servant, his servant. And so we see here that the centurion had, had a compassion for his servant, and he made a request to Jesus. And what, what was interesting is that Jesus marveled at how faithful he was. Mm. And I started to ask myself, am I as faithful as this centurion who can ask Jesus in faith, knowing that Jesus will come through for us? It's an amazing depiction of the level of faith that this Gentile, we often call them, had, had in Jesus that we should have today. Harold? I just wanted to add, because the prior chapters, like 7, 6, and 5, talked about Jesus, like the Sermon on the Mount, and he is actually inviting people to come to him. So who knows if this centurion was actually there listening on one of the days, or somebody brought the message, that he was so inspired and he took to heart the words of Jesus. And that's the thing, we have to accept that gift that is it's like right there available to all of us mm-hmm. to enjoy. So let's think, uh, Kylinda, you mentioned a little earlier, different ways we could bring a friend. Can you think of someone, it may be a family member, a friend, or a work associate, who's in need right now? Does somebody come to your mind? Don't mention her name or his name. You're watching here on Hope Sabbath School. You may think of someone, say, Derek, I can think of someone who's in need right now. And we're talking about a miracle-working Savior, right? Mm -hmm. So what are some ways, well, we could carry the person. Mm -hmm. We could come and tell Jesus in prayer about that person. Mm -hmm. What else could we do uh, as a mission to the needy? What are some practical things we could do? Nancy. Well, I mentioned in a previous study a young woman who we helped who was at the bottom. Uh, she, she had hit rock bottom, and we were able to, to provide her with, with what she needed. But now um, I'm thinking I need to connect her to a group because it's in a different state. We were just visiting that state. So I, I checked to see if there were some churches in her area that perhaps I could talk to the pastor and see if they could connect with her so that she can have other people in her life that are supportive. So you met, if I remember correctly, some practical, some physical needs this person had. Mm -hmm. But now you're saying, what about a need for love, for community, for fellowship? Travis? I have a neighbor um, who I just really like. He's a really nice guy. And unfortunately, he is um, hooked on heroin. And uh, what I have been doing with my neighbor is continually stopping in. Even when everybody's abandoning him, I want to be the person that stops in. And I've just reminded that he's loved 
because I just feel like the Holy Spirit will work on him one day and he'll break down and say, everyone else has abandoned me and by God's grace you have not. Mm -hmm. Because that's what Jesus has done for me. <laughs> He's never left me nor forsaken me. And so I feel like that's what I should do for this young that's, man. That's fairly simple, just stopping by and showing the love of God. Thank you, Jeffrey. Yeah, I think even the simplest of just listening. Mm. I think just people just need to tell their stories. And I think that's another form of prayer that, you know, you can be a kind of an intercessor for those people and just let them. I've heard someone call that the gift of presence. Yeah. Not a present, yeah. but presence, just mm -hmm. being there. We've got several hands from our remotes. Let's go to Amy. I was just going to say what Jeffrey did, that just being present with people. People know that we can't heal them. They don't expect us to heal them. Let me put it that way. They don't expect us to fix their financial problems or whatever their problems are, but they sometimes just need somebody who will listen to them and empathize with them. Mm. All right, Rodney. That's exactly what I was about to say. You know, it's it, it's interesting that um, there's a story with, uh, with with Job when Job was going through his, his major challenges and his friends came around. The Bible said that they were they were quiet. I think it says for a week. But the moment they opened their mouths, all you know, it went awry. The point being that sometimes it is just important for us to be there, as Travis said, and just be quiet and listen. Mm. Unless they're hungry, and then they might need a sandwich, right? Yeah. Or if they're thirsty, we'll come to the story of Jesus at the end of our study. They may need a bottle of water, yeah. not just sitting and being reflected with them, right. but maybe while I give them the water, I can listen to yeah. their story right. uh, and be compassionate. We're going to take one more comment from Sabina. And then I want to talk about something that was mentioned earlier, that Jesus didn't just care for the people close to him, but he mm -hmm. cared for what some call the outsider. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sabina? There, there is currently a ministry in my church that I think is meeting the needs of people in such a beautiful way. And that's our prayer ministry. So they do prayer blankets to share with the community. Um, and just recently, there is one of the ladies that come through our food bank and also participates in some of the programs we have for single mothers. And she was um, awarded a prayer blanket. She participated in one of our programs and our prayer team gave her a prayer blanket and arranged with her to have a personal prayer meeting. And even though the lady couldn't come to the personal prayer meeting, she took her blanket to cover her mom who was suffering, uh, almost dying in the ICU. Wow. And mind you, this is not a Christian woman. She, she covered her mother with the blanket. <laughs> she invited her family to... To, to finish tying the blanket because they pray tying the, 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 the fringes of the blanket. And this woman who was about to die, according to you know the report of this uh, visitor, her mom came back to life. You know, this, she had 1% uh, chance of, of life and she, she came to life back. And just a couple weeks ago is when I met her again. She came just for a visit and she was crying and telling me how the blanket had helped canalize their faith and bring healing to her mother. Mm. And again, this is a visitor, it's not a person that comes to our church uh, regularly. So mm. I think that's a very powerful ministry that has something concrete they are doing and through prayer, meeting the needs of, mm. of those they need in our community. And we know the blanket's not magical. Right. In mm -hmm. fact, some people were praying when it was covering her mother 
But do you think some were also praying when they were making the blanket? Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. When they were putting those little ties on that could be pray and tie a knot just to mm -hmm. remind the person, right? Mm -hmm. But let's talk about the outsiders now because Jesus, and we'll look at this actually in several studies as we go through this series, Jesus went out of his way mm -hmm. to minister to needy people who were outside of the inner circle, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How would you define an outsider? We use that. Oh, she's an outsider. Well, for me, it's somebody outside of the family circle. For okay, could be outside of the family, Kenneth. Outside of the faith. Outside of my faith. Anybody else an outsider? Someone who's unconnected from the group. Someone who's not connected to the group, mm -hmm. or someone who's not like me, That's right? Yeah. Uh, let's look at a couple of Bible texts that emphasize the importance of ministry to outsider needy people and then let's uh, do a scan of the ministry of Jesus where you say that's surprising there were a lot of needy people close by mm -hmm. and yet he went to outsiders as we might call them mm -hmm. Deuteronomy chapter 10 Zandili would you read that for us Deuteronomy 10 and verse 19 Yes, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Deuteronomy 10:19 says, Therefore, love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't forget your history, right? Mm -hmm. Love the stranger. Kenneth, could you find Leviticus 23 for us and read verse 22? By the way, there are many more verses in the scripture about caring for the stranger. Yeah, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it reads, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field when you reap, nor shall you gather and any glean from your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Can you think of a wonderful story? We're not going to read it. A wonderful story about a man of God who really took that literally in making sure there was plenty, Kyla, Kylie, Kylinda, excuse me, for a stranger. I was thinking about Boaz and Ruth. <laughs> so what he, a great story. He tells his workers, please, you know, leave the people who are needy to have their peace and gather. And he meets his future wife, Ruth. And by the way, when he meets her, he's like, leave a whole lot of extra. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, bring a bag too, and we'll fill it up. Uh, but she was, according to the people of... Israel, she was a, a stranger. She was from Moab, right? She was an outsider. A great, great illustration. So think about the ministry of Jesus. Um, don't forget that you were strangers, Zandili read. You care, care for the poor and the stranger, Kenneth read. Uh, can you think of some outsiders, as one might call them, during the ministry of Jesus that he met their need? Harold? Well, there was this, I think it's a Syrophoenician woman who was seeking after Jesus so that she, she could, uh, so that he could heal her daughter. And it was, it, they had an interesting conversation, but at the end of the day, by her faith, mm -hmm. the, her girl was healed. We're actually going to study that in greater detail in one of these because uh, it, it's a mission also to the unreached. Mm -hmm. But, but even, even right where Jesus was, who were some other needy people, Rodney? They were considered They're outsiders. Yes, uh, Levi was considered uh, an outsider. Um, he was a tax collector, and Jesus called him to ministry. Mm -hmm. Great example. Uh, why was he an outsider, by the way? 
tax collector. Because he was considered a, a betrayer. Traitor. A traitor. That's right. You know, working with the Romans, collecting mm -hmm. Roman taxes, mm -hmm. despised. And yet Jesus not only gives him hope, he calls him to write part of the scripture. Mm -hmm. Amazing thought, Kenneth. Yeah, I think. To some extent, Nicodemus himself would have been considered an outsider. Mm. How would you see he's a member of the highest rule, like yeah. Supreme Court in America? I don't know what that would be in the country where you live, but, you know, Sanhedrin, right? Yeah. How would he be considered an outsider? Be because um, some people think, um, like, even the fact that he's rich, you know, it, it makes it even difficult for some people to read those kind of people. Mm. Because sometimes when we think about needy, we are only considering they're poor. Mm. We're actually going to study about Nicodemus also in one of our studies in ministry to the powerful. Yeah. But, uh, but I like what he's saying because you could say, well, all those religious people, yeah. they're not interested. Yeah. And yet there was at least Nicodemus. There was another member of the Sanhedrin. What was his name? Joseph. Joseph, Joseph. of Arimathea. Mm -hmm. So... So ministering to those that, that aren't part of our group, maybe because yeah. they're leaders, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Caring for the needy. Zandili. Uh, I am thinking of the beef at the cross at ah. the last end of Jesus' ministry <laughs> in this uh, world. But he says to him, surely I say unto you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to come back, Sabina, to something you said earlier. I know you've got your hand raised, and I'll let you follow that comment. But... There were two thieves, Sabina, on either side of Jesus, right? And they were both needy, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. They were both dying. Yep. They were both outsiders. Uh, share again something you said earlier, because I think it was really important. What made the difference for one over the other? Uh, most assuredly, Derek, the difference was that one recognized their need. Yeah. Right, like mm -hmm. he he recognized that there was power coming from Jesus, and that he was in need of that power. So he wanted to be assisted. He wanted to receive that grace, and and then therefore God was able to, you know, welcome him into eternity. Uh, so, and and I'm thinking also Derek of um, as far as like people who were excluded, outcasted. We also have various examples, for instance, Jesus healing people that were considered unclean in their time. Mm -hmm. So the leopard, the woman that had a flux of blood. So those are all people that were outcasted because of their health condition. They were considered unclean. And Jesus, he did not withhold his power from reaching out to them. In fact, I, I sense that he had extra compassion for them mm -hmm. because they were excluded mm -hmm. due to their condition. He wanted to bring them back to the, to that healing. Isn't it, um, isn't it interesting that Jesus was even considered an outsider? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He came to his own yeah. and, yeah. and his yeah. own received, received him not. So maybe, as you said, Jesus, you say, well, I'm an outsider. Would Jesus care for me? Maybe the answer is he especially cares for you, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. he, he understands. Rodney? Another great example of an outcaster is this woman that Jesus deliberately met at the well. He, the Bible says that he walked a particular path through Samaria mm. to meet this woman at the well, and it is documented in John 4. In fact, if I recall, that was the longest conversation that was recorded in, 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 the, in the Gospels of Jesus having interaction with someone else, mm. and this person was an outsider. 
I love that uh, reference. I think it's in verse 4 of John 4 where it says he needed to go through Samaria. Oh, yeah. And the Jews would have said, what? Uh, I need to not go through Samaria. Yeah. They hated those outsiders, right? But Jesus needed to go through. So going out of his way to meet the needy who may be outside of the circle of our friends or family. Nancy? I need to mention children. Children were considered outcasts. And, Jesus, you know, the mothers had brought their children to be blessed by Jesus, and the disciples kind of shooed them away. But Jesus said, suffer the little children. Do, do not forbid them from coming to me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. So I want to take us now to a story that we're thinking about in the back of our minds. It's recorded in Matthew 25. It's actually a story that Jesus told, beginning with verse 31. Kailinda, if you'd read verses 31 to 40. And um, I want us all to be thinking about what is Jesus saying here? We're talking about mission to the needy, not just needy in our family or our friend's mother-in-law, mm. but to those outside the circle. How does the scripture read, beginning in Matthew 25, verse 31? And I will read from the New King James Version. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick, or in prison, and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So I have a question for you. We know salvation is not by giving food, water, clothing, visitation, right? Yeah. We are saved by grace. God's mm -hmm. grace through. Faith. We trust what Jesus has done for us. Whoever believes in him yeah. should not perish, but have everlasting life. So what's the relationship between a saving relationship with Jesus and food, water, clothing, visitation. Mm -hmm. What's the relationship, Kenneth? So the relation is this. When you have that saving relationship with Christ, it impacts you to take an action. Ah, so that's what they all are in common, right? Yeah. Each one of those, food, giving food, giving water, visiting someone who's sick, in prison, mm -hmm. they're all actions, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. They're doing yes. something. Kailinda? Growing up, my family moved quite a bit. And then in my current profession, I also move. So I've been a visitor in many different countries to many different churches. And I can tell you, I don't remember the sermons from these new places, but 
I do remember the families that stopped and said, mm. hey, you're a visitor, you're someone who's not from my country, come share a meal with me, let me take you to the airport, let me spend time with you. And so, because we love Jesus, we want to reflect Him, and these are the actions that people will remember. That's a beautiful thought. I hope someone's listening and going, maybe I can do that uh, when someone comes to church. Uh, something that simple. Amy, you've been in other parts of the world where you've, uh, it's not been your people, right? Your circle, uh, people maybe uh, different culture, different language. Uh, what do you think about what Kylinda just said? Yeah, I think it's really true what she's saying. And it's, you know, when we help other people too, it helps us to take our focus off of ourselves. Mm. Um, you know, it's really easy to try to be good, to try to do good things, to try to do the right things, to try to break my habits and all these things. And, and if I'm not keeping my focus on helping other people as well, then I can get very self-centered and very self-focused on what I'm doing for myself. And actually, it can, can it can turn into a works-oriented kind of a religion if I'm not careful. Right. And so I think that God built this into, into mission. He built mission into it to help us keep our focus off of ourselves and to experience what God is doing in other people's lives through us and through our ministry. And that's it's incredibly powerful when you see God doing that in your life. So in the last few minutes, thank you, Amy, I want us to share some opportunities we've had in practical ways to show mission to the needy, whether in our circle or perhaps outsiders to us, and how that impacted us. Now, we could obviously ask Sabina to start because she does that full time, all the time. Um, and we'll maybe give you a chance, Sabina, to reflect on some of the comments from the group. But your ministry called Acts of Kindness, right? Acts of Kindness. Mm -hmm. so, so you'd like to hear from the group now what are some ways, because if uh, what Kenneth is telling us is true, it's doing something, not just thinking about it, right? It's actually doing something. Who'd like to share a time that uh, you felt called to do a mission to the needy and how that impacted you? Harold? Yeah, um, a few years ago, there was this like man, he never asked for anything though. He, it, he looked homeless to me, but I was impressed to give him food and give him water and give him, because it seemed that that was his need. And one day I passed by again, and he said, oh, thank you for the food and the water. <laughs> it seemed that he needed it. And many times I would like regularly just give him things. And after a while, I haven't seen him. So I was like, I don't know, Lord, where you have put him or he have found a better place. But actually I felt joy. I felt fulfilled. It's like, well, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity because it helped me grow. By the way, some people might say, I don't want food, I want money. But the challenge is you don't know what they're going to do with that money, right? So if a person's hungry, they might appreciate a sandwich. If they're thirsty, a bottle of water would be a great blessing. If they're lonely, a visit, right? Anybody else? A, a time when you, yes, and you had a chance. We're not talking about earning our way to heaven, are we? We're not saying this to impress people. But God said to you, I want you to meet this need and how it impacted you. Uh, so there was this one time, it was my first time trying uh, Subway at Subway. <laughs> so I went over there with two of my friends and I was like, I want the long one. So I took the, the so long one. So this is a sandwich, by yes, the way. Because some people think a Subway is a metro or oh. a train somewhere, right? So you went into a sandwich shop to get a big sandwich and yes. what happened? 
and uh, it was my first time eating it since I came to America. And then uh, I ate half of it. I was full. I reserved the other half. I'll eat it later. And then I went into the store. I did some of the things that I was doing. And I was coming out. One of my friends was talking to a homeless person who was hungry and who was in need of food. Uh, as I am coming out, he looks at me and he looks at my subway. And he kind of <laughs> like, uh, I was like, okay, even though I wanted to eat the subway because it was good. <laughs> but I was like. By the way, don't give someone something you don't want, right? Yes. <laughs> so it was a like, good sandwich. It was a good one. And I was about to go eat it and finish it. <laughs> but I had to let it go. I, and then at the end of the day, I was like, I was not really hungry. I was just eating out of the fact of this was good. So sometimes we have to let other things go and mm -hmm. be willing to give not because it's bad or because I don't need it but we have to give the things that we truly need as well give out of our abundance uh, you had had a good sandwich maybe someone's watching today and you're saying uh, sometimes I just like to hold on to things because I might need a lot more later but God may ask you someday to share some of your abundance whether it's uh, to help Hope Sabbath School or to help a person who needs a bottle of water whatever it is God invites us to join him in his mission. And what I'm hearing, maybe you saw on Zandili's face when she was sharing, uh, is that you experience joy when you do that, when you join the Lord in his mission of sharing his love with a hurting world. Let's pray that we can be those kind of people. Pray with me now. Father in heaven, thank you that we're saved by your grace. Your immeasurable, unfailing love is given to us as a gift we need to receive by faith, but then to let your love flow through us. And, and we've studied today about mission to the needy, both close by and outside. Guide us, Lord, in practical ways, and may we find the joy of the Lord on that journey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. He said, Derek, I think I'm going to have to give my lunch away. I don't know. God will guide you. He'll show you how to reveal his love. But don't just keep it in your head. <laughs> Go out and be a blessing to those around you.